You know, even if you lived in the same house, you probably wouldn't really say, well, this is more of a legal arrangement or, or we got a rental agreement or something, but relationship, there's got to be com- com- communication there, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you could call it, you could call it a religion very easily without having communication. But once you start calling it a relationship, I'm thinking there's got to be some dialogue and it's not all prayer that goes one direction and stops. So if you're really in a relationship, it's not about one person doing all the talking. Although I can understand that a little bit. I mean, I talk less than my wife. That's a a compliment, by the way. (laughs) I'm not saying she talks too much. I'm just saying I'm... Okay, let me get back to my message. Instead of sitting here, praise, standing here, praising uh, my awesome wife and all of her great qualities, I'm going to get back to my message. <laughs> I, I, was, I was sharing with you last time about how God speaks. And, and, and I said to you, first off, number one, we should always remember this, that God speaks through his written word. He speaks through his written word. I don't mean that's the only way, but I definitely mean that's number one. That's the starting place. Um, He's never going to say something now that contradicts what he said before. Uh, Okay, so it's our it's our it's our rule. It's our our line. It's it's how we judge. It's the primary way how we judge whether things are are right or wrong. the cool thing about this book, about uh, the, the written recording of what God has already said, is that we can learn his voice by reading it, all right? His voice isn't different, even if it's thousands of years after he said some of these things. He's still the same person, so his voice sounds the same, all right? If you want to become familiar with the voice of God, well, open up and listen. So what do you mean listen? I mean read. Listen inside. Because he's the same person. He hasn't changed. At the same time, what God has said does not grow old. It is the same as if he said it today when it was written a long, long time ago. In fact, I've seen this work. Many of us have. I've used things that God said thousands of years ago and saw change right here, right now. Salvation, healing, other, other things. You, people have taken a word from God spoken through a prophet, through Jesus, through other people, and it literally had a transformative effect upon their life today. Some, many times miraculous effect on their life today. It was like, wow, how, how long ago did he say that? I know, and it was just as powerful today. Amen. Wouldn't that be cool if our batteries worked that way? <laughs> when did you charge this? <laughs> 2000 BC. <laughs> and it's still fully charged. You know, I have trouble with my iPad going for two hours now. Uh, 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 but God's word is inherently fresh. It always is new, and it's just as if he spoke it today. So these are things we should remember. And of course, like I said, if he said it before, he's not going to say something that contradicts it today because it's, it's not like we might forget. <laughs> well, I said that like five years ago. I forgot about that. He doesn't forget about what he says. It still holds true now and forever. And if you think about it this way, why would 
why would God say something else if we ignore what he already said? I mean, if he really did say some things prior, and if we say, yeah, I'm not really interested in that. I want something fresh. I want something new. Well, that's disregard. That's disrespect to what he's already said. And so if I want to hear from him today regarding my personal life, this is always where I go. I hold this in highest esteem. That sets me up to receive any additional information I may need for my day-to-day or personal life or specific direction that he has to say to me. Amen. If, if, you are, if you're a parent and you have a child and you're at dinner and uh, you know one of your items that you serve, of course, is mashed potatoes, and, uh, and one of the kids says, I'd like to have more mashed potatoes. And yet they already have a heaping pile on their, on their plate, you know, covered with gravy, of course. And maybe a little swimming pool made there and, you know, filled up. And they say, I want more mashed potatoes. And you know by experience that when doing the dishes, it's not uncommon for that child's plate to go to the sink with mashed potatoes on them. How many know you're not going to give more mashed potatoes? Am I in Idaho or what? Can you, can you relate to this? <laughs> Does this strike a chord deep within you that resonates? Say, you say, I love it to hear about potatoes. <laughs> and so you want to make sure that they're going to be faithful and do the right thing with what you've already given before you give them more. All right. And we need to have that same heart. I'm not saying God doesn't have anything else to say. I'm saying I need to, I need to do the right thing with this. Amen. If you're you're saying today, Pastor, I just really need to hear from God. I really need to hear the voice of God. You know what my response to you is? You know, good for you. Now eat your potatoes. Yeah, and now you know what that means. Amen. So God speaks through his written word. Also, also, he speaks through people. He speaks through people. In one sense, he can speak through anyone, right? Right? can, will. He speaks probably on a greater measure uh, to more people through certain individuals that he has anointed, that he has gifted and called to do a certain job or to carry a certain message. And we need to recognize if I'm wanting to hear from God, I need to know that sometimes he uses people to get a message to me. All right. I do not want to approach the Lord with my preset limitations of how I'm letting him speak to me. Lord, if you're going to talk to me, you've got to do it this way. And I got this, I've created this little narrow box window. I've, I've created this, Lord, you're going to speak to me this way. Well, no, he's the one that's God, remember? And so our heart shouldn't be, I demand you to do it my way, this way. No, 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 no. Lord, how do you want to speak to me? I'm open to any way that you choose. I just value your voice, whatever you have to say. And if you want to use someone else to talk to me, do it. Yeah? I know it's sometimes frustrating because he might use someone that you don't like. (laughs) But that's his prerogative to do so. And you know, he might even use someone who's not perfect. Okay, like all the time. But it's really, it becomes a challenge if you know about the person's imperfections. And, you, you know, you have, well, God still does that, though. And he's not changing that because people have not arrived at perfect status. Yeah, he's still choosing to do that way. It's one of his preferred methods is he uses 
one person to speak to another. In fact, even angels are used this way. Angels are called in the scripture, uh, well, the Greek word that's translated angel, is it means messenger. So he's got this whole class of being that we're you know, pretty impressed with, but this whole class of being that he created, and they are messengers. You think, well, God's God. Why does he need a messenger? Why don't he just do it direct? I don't know, but he likes it this way. He likes to involve others in his purposes, in his plan, in getting the message out. Yeah, he could stick his face in the sky and talk to everybody at once. But he has chosen to use angels, to use people, and we should respect that choice. Yeah, we should seek to recognize and not look at people just from the outward, not look at people just their physical characteristics or what they've achieved in life. We need to recognize people from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah, there's more to you than I can see. There's more to me than you can see. And if, if someone becomes discerning and spiritual, they recognize uh, giftings from God and even a message from God that'll come through people. Now, how many know you have to, you know, engage in that? You have to discern because not everything everybody says is from God. And not everything everybody says came from God is from God. That's what makes this a little bit of a challenge and why we don't, again, just pull the knob and turn the lever, or turn the knob and pull the lever. We actually have a relationship with someone that we need to communicate with on a regular basis. Listen to this verse. Uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, chapter 1, verse 18, 1 Timothy 1, 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage, a, wage the good warfare. How was Timothy to overcome, to engage in this warfare? By the prophecies he received. In other words, God inspired one person to speak something to Timothy, and Timothy was expected to use those words that came through another person's prophecy to win in life. Yeah, to overcome, to wage a good warfare. So that tells me it wasn't just, Paul, make sure you quote, uh, you know, the Psalms. Make sure you use what Ezekiel said and what Abraham said and what Daniel said. That's all true. But he said, use those prophecies too because they were inspired by God to give you direction, to give you tools to overcome in life. So what if, what if Timothy backed up and said, well, yeah, I just, I'm not really sure if that was God. Well, if that lack of confidence would not, able, uh, not enable him to use those words for victory. Praise God. So both recognizing and respecting uh, God's choice, God in other people, is key to our victory in life. It is key to our being able to receive what he does. Yeah? And of course, these things work like other elements of, of spiritual gifts. We know this concerning other things. None of us are going to say, well, if God wants to save me, he's just going to save me. If God wants me to be to heaven, he can just take me to heaven, be in heaven. If God wants to, uh, you know, heal me, he's just going to heal me. And if he's not, he doesn't want to, he won't. We have grown beyond thinking that the kingdom of God works that way. We know there's a giving side and there's a receiving side. We have something to do with it. 
That's also true when it comes to hearing the voice of God. Our, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but our disposition and our position in life will determine some of what God even says to us, and it will determine how much he says to us, and it will determine how much we're able to receive. It is not one-sided. It is not God alone. It's not all up to him. We, we play a part in this, in this relationship, okay? Everybody okay? I want to read to you. I, let me give you number three. I said through the written word, through other people, and then directly to our spirits. God speaks direct, yeah? And that's because we are spirit beings. He is the father of spirits. We have a connection to him. If you've been saved, especially, you've been made one with the Lord. You've been united with him. You have a direct connection with the father of spirits, so hearing his voice is natural to you. It's a part of your makeup, but this is one of the things he does, and we, we need to acknowledge that we have a direct connection with him, uh, and he has, and he does, and he will speak directly to each of us. I would encourage you, especially, let's turn it up the, the volume a little bit. During this time we're engaging with the Lord on this subject, pay attention more than ever before, all right? Look for it. Not let your imagination run wild, but look for his voice. Listen to him. Expect and acknowledge when he speaks to you. Amen. Uh, one friend of mine, let me just divert for just a moment. Years ago, the Lord would give him songs, songs from the Lord, like little psalms and songs of praise, and they would rhyme, and they would be just praise. He wasn't really, he wasn't a recording artist or anything like that. It were just for him and maybe a few other folks, and give him songs. And he told me one, he told me at one point, he, this was just regularly happening, and then uh, all of a sudden they stopped. He said, I wasn't getting anything. I'd pray and I'd worship God and nothing happened. And he said, uh, the Lord dealt with him about, about writing these things down and he hadn't been doing it. So he said, I started doing that. I started writing down all the, the little songs and psalms and spiritual songs that, that, that God had given me. I started writing them all down. He said, when I did that, it was like the faucet opened right back up. All of a sudden they started coming to me again. I thought, isn't that interesting? That certainly wasn't all, all about God, was it? It was his respect for what God, what God had already given him that allowed God to keep talking to him about those things. All right, now let me get back. That must have been, someone need to hear that today, I guess, because I was going to talk about that, thing, that subject later. He speaks directly to our spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, um, I want to read this from the Passion Translation, so you can follow along if you want in yours. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, reads this way. My fellow believers, I do not, or I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities, okay? Let's acknowledge the potential. You can be a believer in God. You can have a relationship with God and still be confused about spiritual realities, yeah? If not, you don't write, you don't say something like this. So you can be. He said, I don't want you to be confused about this. For you know full well that when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols, which are incapable of talking 
with you. Okay, what's the difference between God and these idols, the true God and these other idols? God speaks. These idols, they won't talk to you. So, you know, encouragement would be stay away from doctrines that say that God doesn't talk to you anymore. Or God went silent 2,000 years ago. Or as soon as the Bible was put together, God stopped talking. That's baloney. That's idol stuff. Okay? You can serve anything, any, any idol. You can serve anything that's earthly made, human of origin, and it won't talk to you. You can be religious all day long and, and be adherent to some sort of code. But he said the difference in, in this, in this relationship, is God speaks to us. So those idols, they wouldn't talk to you. But because God speaks... They needed instruction, and we need instruction because not every voice is from God. We have to discern what's of Him, and some of these folks, they were confused, and still today, people get confused about these matters. He said, therefore, in verse 3, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say Jesus is the accursed one. No one can say that Jesus is Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through Him. So he's given them a little clarity here saying, by the way, Jesus, kind of the main thing, he's the supreme one, he's the savior. And if anyone ever says to you, thus saith the Lord, and their word somehow puts Jesus down, just understand right off the top, not God, that's not the Lord. That wasn't the right spirit speaking there. But this is one of the big issues is that God does speak. Think about how would children react? How would they grow up? How would their development be if their parents never spoke to them? I mean, they wouldn't do too well. They wouldn't emotionally grow up to be healthy, uh, emotional children if their parents were silent. And likewise, God wants to have a a relationship with us where he speaks. In fact, it does harm to believe that God can't or won't speak to you. It... Uh, is also true that to believe that you can't hear from him is dangerous. I want to encourage you today, if you have maintained or entertained a belief that you have never, that you can't, that you will not be able to hear God's voice, I I, I really want you to to discard that belief. Just throw it out. Say, well, I'll throw it out as soon as I hear God's voice. No, do it first because it's a hindrance. All right, do it first. In fact, trash cans available on your way out. You can take that belief. You can do it by faith, wad it up, throw it in there and say, I believe I can hear from my father. I believe I can hear my creator's voice. I believe that the Lord has, does, and will speak to me, and I am able to hear his voice. That belief precedes the experience. It doesn't follow it, all right? And so do that today. Throw some stuff out. If you don't find the trash can, just throw it on the floor. We'll vacuum it up later. Probably have to change the bag a few times. Amen. But one of the ways we can see an indication of the wrong voice, it's real simple because it violates direct truth. If something violates what God has already said, like I told you at the beginning, or something that is absolutely stated as truth, I'm going to say, nope, that's the wrong voice. For example, speaking ill of Jesus. If you speak ill of Jesus, I'm saying, you're not hearing from God. 
If you take anything away from Jesus, what he, who he is, what he has done, I'm saying that's the wrong spirit you're listening to. Okay, let, let me give you another example of this. It's, uh, if you can, turn there, 1 John chapter 4. It's way at the back of the Bible if you're new to all this stuff. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, and, and notice with me verse 2 and 3. 1 John 4, 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So there are different spirits, and they're saying different things. There's not only one voice. There's multiple voices, multiple messages, okay? And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Okay, so here's what was happening with them. They had uh, been lied to. In other words, the spirit of Antichrist, the devil, uh, was speaking to them a particular message that contradicted truth. That message was Jesus did not come in the flesh. They said, yeah, Jesus came all right. Jesus is the son of God all right, but he came spiritually. And how many know that undermines the gospel because it's his blood that needed to be shed for our redemption? There's a whole bunch that gets interrupted if someone embraces that belief. But that was one of the lies the enemy was coming at them with is Jesus didn't come in the flesh. Okay, I don't hear that a whole lot today, so that's not my go-to test. I'm not going around talking with everyone. I'm going to see if you're really of God. Did Jesus come in the flesh? Jesus come in the flesh. (laughs) I mean, if you're a believer, you'd be like, duh, yeah. Uh, In other words, I don't hear that lie too much, but there are other things. Anything that makes light of Jesus, you can see this one. Did he not come, literally come in the flesh? But there are all kinds of things that people buy into. Some of them are blatant, and most of us will be on it, you know, 100% in a second. And there are others that are more subtle. The devil is a tricky dude. He, he's the deceiver, okay? Let me give you some blatant examples. A uh, woman several years ago who killed her children, killed her two children, and said, told authorities, and it was in the news, God told me to kill them. Okay, how many think she missed God? How many think we don't even need to pray, pray about that too much? She, yeah, God didn't tell her to do that, but she was totally deceived. Do I think something told her to do that? Yeah, that's pretty extreme. I think she was highly deceived. Some voice talked to her, some spirit talked to her, but I don't need much discernment to judge that wasn't God. That's not God telling you to kill the kids. And, and uh, you know, of course she thought, well, something good will happen out of this. No, it won't. Uh, and uh, so that, that's not God, but you know, I've heard lots of things over the years being in ministry, and some of them are obvious, but, you know, when people have said, well, the Lord told me to leave my spouse for this other person. No, he didn't. So how do you know? Pastor, would you pray about that with me? I don't need to pray about that. I've got scripture. Remember at the beginning, he speaks through the word. What he says today does, never, does not contradict what he already said. So no, the Lord didn't say that. I love you. He didn't say that. Okay. Everybody okay? By the way, sometimes, sometimes when the word of God goes out and someone is not 
conditioned or in a place where they have been receiving words from God very much, their, their heart can be like, have you ever seen hard dirt? Like desert, hasn't seen rain for a while. Hard as a rock. You pour some water on there, it starts to rain, what happens? It, it doesn't go in. It just kind of stays on top and runs and flash floods happen, all that kind of stuff. Or uh, it puddles, things puddle up. Sometimes when I'm unloading truth on you, if you've been, if you haven't been conditioned to receive it, I'm going to encourage you because you have a choice to make not to reject it, but let it sit on you for a little, even if it creates a big puddle and you can hardly be, because it'll get in there and God's word will get in there. And why, why do I say it this way? Well, because sometimes I say things and they're contrary to what you think because you believed a lie. And I know that's like in your face and everything and, uh, but I mean it in a nice way. I mean, there really are different voices out there. And if we're going to learn to hear the voice of God, we got to be open to stuff. Okay. And it's easy, to, it's easy to say, God didn't tell you to kill your kids. Okay. I think hopefully we're all on board there. Although I didn't get a whole lot of amens, but he didn't. Uh, you know, but one guy, one guy said, well, the Lord sent me to go everywhere and correct the churches. God told me to go and correct pastors everywhere I go. No, he didn't. No, he did not. Absolutely not. Well, the Lord told me not to tithe. No, he didn't. <laughs> well, I think he did. Well, you're going to have trouble hearing God's voice in the future. I say, I don't want anything from you. My motive is, I want you to hear from God. He didn't say that because it contradicts his word. People have said, well, the Lord told me uh, that he gave my, you know, he gave my, my mother cancer for his higher purposes. No, he didn't. Nope, nope. That contradicts everything Jesus said. He didn't say that. Well, how do you know? Because I got this. Would you pray about it? Nope, not praying about it. Going with the book. Okay. If I'm going to hear his voice about specific things, I need to acknowledge some of these areas. You know, someone said, the Lord told me not to go to church anymore. No, he didn't. <laughs> the devil's been lying to a bunch of people about that in our day. He really has. I don't mean this as a voice of condemnation. I'm not against anyone. I am for him and not against him. But people start saying that the Lord told me this is God. And one of the things I teach in, in our Bible college as I teach our students not to be too quick to put God's name on things they think might be him. If you think it's the Lord, don't go out saying, yay, yay, thus saith the Lord. Say, yay, yay, I think this. That gives opportunity for discussion and discernment and maybe counsel and learning. Oh, that wasn't God who told me to quit my job and now I have no money to pay for my family to survive. Did I just mess with your hard ground again? <laughs> See, we got to be able to call things right and wrong in a spirit of love and, and, and wanting to help. But when some things are said to be of the Lord and they're not, it hinders us in the future from receiving and discerning his voice. One of the things that Jesus said 
about the Holy Spirit and his work. He said, when someone basically attributes, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, when someone attributes the work of God to Satan, that's called blaspheming the Spirit, and they'll not be forgiven. Remember that? I mean, it's kind of a serious deal to mix some of this up. So I don't want to be proud and just blatantly saying things that are, that are my opinion. I want to be able to get this right and say, this is God, this is not God. And, and I don't mean any of us are, are perfect in knowledge. We're not. I, we all make mistakes. But, um, you know, Jesus taught his own disciples. And he said, there's a time coming when those who kill you will think that they're doing God's service. And that's happening in the world today. People are doing harm against people, and they think they're doing this for the Lord. They're going to be rewarded when they die because they killed someone. It's crazy, isn't it? But if that can happen with someone, let's not say, I would never believe something wrong. Yes, we might. It is through humility, and it is through honoring what God has already said, that, and, and you know, uh, respecting the counsel of others and those who have gone before us to help us learn so we are not deceived in these matters. Amen. I want to share with you, I'll just briefly introduce this today and we'll come back, Uh, but I want to share with you uh, hindrances to hearing God's voice. Hindrances. The first one is it's called shame. You could put in that category guilt, uh, condemnation, feeling unworthy of his voice. When someone exists with that kind of activity inside of them, it serves as a block. It serves as a resistance to what God wants to say. You might recall when Moses went up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, to receive the Ten Commandments, okay? Israel came out of Egypt, went through the Red Sea. Shortly after there, there was that great encounter. Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, you know, twice. And uh, he brought the law. That experience was something I would like to watch the replay of. (laughs) Because what, not only what Moses saw with God, that experience was amazing. But what Israel saw looking up at that mountain, it caused them to, to quake. Because the, 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 the visuals and the experience were powerful. In fact, here's what it says. Let me just read this to you. Exodus 20, 18, 19. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. They saw all that. They saw the, the, the manifestation of God on that mountain and said, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't want to hear from God. They wouldn't like this message series right now. It's like, hear the voice of God? Are you kidding me? If I hear that, I'm toast. <laughs> Moses, you talk to us. You translate. You tell us. They didn't want to hear. Well, why would someone feel that way? Okay. Why would they think I could die if I hear from God? It's because of sin. And every person uh, outside of Christ, for sure, has an inherent knowledge of sinfulness. Everyone on the planet. Romans chapter 1 gives us that revelation. Everyone knows inherently they are separated from God. There's a problem. What, 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 does, that, what does that cause? It produces condemnation and unworthiness. To the thought of hearing from God is, it can be frightening. And it causes people to shrink away and to back off. 
Um, and it's natural because when sinful man, man, man or woman, comes in contact with a holy God, well, the natural response to that is to fear, is to have shame. But now let's come back to us. If you've received Jesus, the scripture says you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So now your righteousness does not, is not based upon your own holiness, worthiness, your own performance. It is based upon the holiness, worthiness, and performance of Jesus. Amen. And so you stand before God, and we need to adopt uh, this mentality and this position of what's true so that when we approach a holy, awesome, powerful God, we're not afraid for him to speak. We're saying, Lord, speak to me. We recognize his voice to us is not one to knock us down and kick us around. His voice is not one of condemnation to push us back, but to lift us up, to bring an embrace. Someone said, well, I've messed up. I've done so many things wrong. I don't know what God might say to me. I'll tell you one of the things he'll, he'll always say to you is I love you and my son's precious blood has been shed for you. And if you'll believe that, you can come on in no matter what you have done. Yeah. And so this belief that we're somehow unworthy to hear his voice or that his voice to us is going to be harsh and negative or condemning, that's not the right belief. That serves as a block, a hindrance. There are people today who are running from God. He's speaking to them. He's calling after them. They're running away because they're afraid. They're afraid of what he might say. Or some say, well, well the Lord, uh, he, he, he might want me to do something that I don't want to do. So I'm out of here. Well, the truth is, in a, with a loving voice, yes, he might tell you to do something you don't want to do, but it's always going to be good in the end if you hear from him because he's for you, not against you. This, it's not true that the more you hear from God, the worse your life gets. <laughs> Just the opposite's the case. So it is a wrong belief. The, it is a wrong voice to our, to our minds that says you don't want to hear or you can't hear or God's word to you is gonna be a negative, condemning word. That's a wrong voice. That's not who our father is. We should want him, we should desire him, we should, we should seek after him because his word to us, it's, a, it's the voice of a loving father. It absolutely is. Amen. If you've been running away, can I tell you, maybe the Lord will speak through me. Come home. You are welcome home. You are embraced. We'll give you uh, the key to the front door and access to the refrigerator. Amen. In the Father's house, there's plenty of room for you. Amen. And it's not just a place where it's only for those who live a perfect life. It is for those who receive his forgiveness. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Let's pick up there next time. You coming back? I'm coming back. I'll see you next time. And uh, let's pray today. Father, thank you for your work.